whoa, that's rather loud. <laughs> Might be the fallback. It's good to have you back, Dave. We've missed you. It's good to see you up the back, mate. It's good to see you, bro. It's awesome to see what you do, too, when you're travelling around the country and stuff. It's awesome. Bless you, mate. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not quite as attractive as the two ladies that were up here a little bit earlier. I know. But I'm sure you'll put up with it. It was a little tough there before. One of the girls, uh, Ange, I think it was, it said, you know, what are some of your dreams that you've had in your life? I sat there and I thought, yeah, I was waiting for Geelong to win a premiership for 35, 36 years. And then she went on to say, we're waiting for God. I went, sorry, Lord, yes, I was. (laughs) Put me back in the check. (laughs) Yep. That was good before team. Um, In fact, really, I don't need to get up, to be honest, because you just shared beautifully. And uh, yes, we all have been called. And yes, we are all created in God's image and, and have a great destiny. So... Well done before. Good work. Let's just pray and, uh, and then we'll hook into it. Father, I just want to thank you so much that uh, you do love us, that you have called all of us, that you have an amazing destiny for us. And Lord, I just want to thank you and magnify you today. Lord, as we open up your scripture, your word, I pray that it would be living today, that it would just minister to us all, that it would encourage us and inspire us to push deeper into you and to do the things that you have called us to do. Thank you, God, in your precious name. Amen. Now, um, I was talking with Greg before, and I was saying now, all this week I knew that I was preaching this morning, and I was finding it really hard going to work out what I was going to share. And um, right up until yesterday, and uh, um, I was listening to some of my favourite music, Christmas carols, and um, it's true, I reckon this, from this point on, is the best time of year. I love the build-up to Christmas. Is anyone with that? It it just does, I'm with you, Jake. You and me, buddy, we were there last week, we were talking it. Last Saturday, 34 sleeps till Christmas. Awesome, 25 to go. So... Um, just the whole build-up and, and just the lead into Christmas, it, it, it does something inside me. It, it's like, this is coming at the best time of year. It's exciting. It's, I can watch my little kids and get excited with them, be, you know, open up presents. and I feel like a little kid in, in a sense. And, but I just love the whole build-up to Christmas. Sometimes Christmas Day is a bit of a letdown for me. I know, it doesn't sound right, but just the whole build-up and the lead into Christmas itself... It does something within my heart. And so um, Heidi said to me about a month ago that um, shops had already started putting out Chrissy decorations. So I saw that as the reason that I could start listening to Christmas carols. So I went to Christmas carols about a month ago. So I've been enjoying it already for a month. And if you're not there yet, whack them on today. You'll start getting into it. And uh, so as I was yesterday afternoon and, and as I was listening to it and um, there was one of the carols, and I'm not going to tell you which one, but one of the carols actually started to, uh, it sort of sang out louder. And I thought, wow, wow. Actually, I will tell you, angels we have heard on high. And, and I thought about that for a second. I thought, angels, wow. Uh, so that got me getting into the Bible. So I want to open up with First Peter chapter 1, which has got nothing to do with Christmas. But I thought I'll start there. 
because it does lead into it. Angels, oh, sorry, First Peter chapter 1, verse 10. All right, we're there yet? Thanks, Sue. Sue and I are there. Verse 10. Concerning this salvation. Now, this is Peter who wrote this epistle, okay? Peter was an apostle. He was also one of the boys that travelled around with Jesus for three and a half years. He saw a fair bit in his time. This is Peter writing this letter. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care. Oh, I love that. Just that in itself. Like we could just stop, pause, listen, and think about just that verse. Because the whole of the Old Testament, we read of a prophet after prophet after prophet who comes with a message. And their message was about the coming salvation. And so Peter picks that up right here. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. Think about that for a second. 2,000 years on from when Peter wrote this, which is even a few thousand years after some of the prophets wrote their, their things, And he's saying that those prophets wrote concerning us. All of a sudden, that starts to bring a little bit of liberty and a little bit of personal stuff to it, like what we, um, I think it was Danielle was sharing earlier. You know, we're all destined. God actually has a care for all of us. Peter's talking about that. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Even the angels long to look into these things. Like, they're up there and they're going, why? This is amazing that Jesus would choose. This is the creator of the universe. He would choose to come down to earth in the form of a man and to minister to these people. Wow, and the angels get flipped out over it all. They can't believe it. So, now let's pick up in Luke chapter 1. Verse 5. And we're going to read a bit of the Bible, is that okay? And I thought we'd go through it, stop, have a bit of a chat, keep going, have a bit of a chat, see where we end up. And hopefully I'll be pretty quick. In the time of Herod, verse 5, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well long in years. 
Let's look at these two people. Fairly significant. <clears throat> Turns out that these people are actually the parents of John the Baptist. So both Zechariah and Elizabeth are well advanced in years. Pick that up. And both are noted to be of the priestly tribe. So they're, they're descendants of Aaron. Aaron was the brother of Moses. And so when they came out of Egypt, when the Israelites came up out of Egypt, Aaron was given the job to be pastor or priest over the nation. Now, obviously, one bloke can't look after two million people on his own. Might do a little bit, but not too successfully. So he was responsible for organizing the whole priests. So there was a clan, one whole clan of the Israelite nation were the priests. Their job was to worship God and to teach people about God and also to do all the... um, uh, sacrifices and all those bits and pieces on behalf of the people. Okay, so these two people, Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, were actually descendants down that line. Uh, interesting to know, all right? Because up until this point, there has been four hundred years of absolute silence. God has chosen not. Okay, for four hundred years, He chose not to speak to the nation of Israel, to the Jews. There was just this pause, long pause, silence. And these people were starting to cry out more and more for the Messiah because now the Romans had, had come in and had taken over the land. And so they actually need, they were looking more and more for a Messiah, more than what they had previous. So 400 years silence, and then all of a sudden we get this. Let's pick up in verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, He was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all assembled worshippers were praying outside. Let's pause there. Now, um, it turns out that apparently once, one week a year, a certain amount of priests would come together and it was their job to actually do the priestly duties. Okay? Now, it was actually the time when they had to go into the very temple itself and, and one of the priests had to go before the actual altar and he had to burn incense. And it was a, a time when they would all gather outside in the temple and they would offer their prayers unto the Lord. And just by coincidence, the lot, they used to roll lots to see whose turn it would be. And just by coincidence, it fell to Zechariah so it was his job to actually go inside into the, into the altar and he had to burn the incense. Now, this was very symbolic because, I mean, you, if you want, you can look in Psalm 141, verse 2, and again in Revelations chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, you can read about how they would burn the incense and they would be offered up with the prayers of the people. And you read in Psalm and it talks about how the, the incense was, was sweet unto the Lord. And so not only was he hearing the prayers, but he was smelling the prayers of the people. And so it was very symbolic for them, for the priest to go in into the altar and burn the incense, okay? Fell upon Lot. Now, uh, on, the Lot fell upon Zechariah. So he walks into the, the, in before the altar and he's burning the incense. It lasted for about half an hour, apparently. Now, well, these guys, they used to have these big old robes. And they used to have to wear, on the bottom of the robes, there would be little bells, and as they would move, you'd hear the little tinkle, tinkle of the bell. Now, just in case the, you couldn't hear the bells anymore, there was a rope tied to his leg. Because if he went in before God and there was sin on him, 
that he didn't confess before the Lord prior, drop down dead. So if they didn't hear any bells, they'd just drag him out. And so here he is. He's right before the very altar of God. He's burning the incense. And for half an hour, he's praying to God. This is an amazing picture right here. Because here he is. It's just him and the Lord. There's like a whole nation just behind him. But there's just him. And he's burning the incense on behalf of all these people who are offering up prayers. But this is his only time. The lot fell on him. It may not have ever fallen upon him ever in his life, but just by coincidence, this time, I love coincidences. Just by chance, this time, it fell upon Zach. And so he was able to go into the very altar of God, burn the incense, and actually pray for himself. He was praying on behalf of the people, but I reckon he was also saying his own prayers while he was in there. God, this is my only chance that I can actually get in your presence. God, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear my heart. Not just for what we need here as a nation, but I want you to hear my heart and what what I'm going through. This is where he was at. All right, verse 11. Then. I love that. Just one word. Then. Can you imagine that? Half an hour. He's been in there burning incense. Then. It's like suddenly... Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and to the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Pause. Whoa. He's been going for half an hour doing the incense thing. He's been able to have his own time where he's not only been able to pray on behalf of the people, but he's also been able to have a little word in there for himself. Saying, God, I'm old. I've followed you all my life. I've done everything that you've commanded. I've even followed all your regulations and rules that we find in the earlier in the Old Testament. And God, I've chosen to do this because I love you and I, I believe in you, God. I know you can come through, but I'm old and I don't have a son, no one to carry my name. Why, God? Why? 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 Have you ever been there? Anyone been there? I have. Anyone? Where you just go, God, why? I, I know, I follow you, I love you, I trust you, but why? I don't get it. A couple of years ago, I lost a nephew grew up Christian family. Why, God? I don't understand it. Still don't to this day. But we all go through those moments where there's why. Why, God? I reckon this is where Zechariah was. He was able to say, why, God? And then all of a sudden, ta-da. Then, ta-da. 400 years of silence. Nothing happened. No prophets, nothing. Ta-da. God shows up. An angel comes out with this. 
Man, I reckon it would have flipped him out. like, whoa. I reckon the bells would have rattled at that moment in time. In the bottom of his robe, he jumped back a little bit. He was startled. The angel said, don't be afraid. And then he comes out with this promise. God's heard your prayer. Well, some of you people need to know today, God has heard your prayer. We all have wise, but God has heard your prayer. Don't think that they're just bouncing off the roof. Verse 11 through to 17 is God's promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth. In verse 18, Zechariah comes out and he questions Gabriel. Let's look at that. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well and long in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Oh, man. Just that there tells me that sometimes we question God, sometimes we doubt God, but if God has a promise for your life, he doesn't go back on that. Have you ever thought, Okay, God, uh, I doubt, I've doubted that. I don't think that's ever going to come through just because of my own doubt. Have anyone been there? Because I reckon this is exactly where he was. He comes out and goes, man, how can that happen? Gabriel comes out, an angel. I don't know. Has anyone had an angel experience? I've not. Well, I reckon it'd be pretty cool. But to have an angel experience come out and say, hey, man, you're going to have a son. You've got to call him John. He's going to be amazing. He's going to change the world. Yeah, 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 right. How can that be? The, the doubt upon the man. Sometimes when we get old, in faith, we tend to doubt what God can do. But God can come through with a miracle because he hears our prayers. I love that. I love Gabriel, the angel right here. It's almost like he rebukes him, puts him back in his spot, stops him short right there. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you... I'm starting to get a picture of this angel. Whoa. Um, Gabriel's actually mentioned in in the book of Daniel and uh, Daniel was um, a prophet but he was also part of the the young lads that were thrown up into Babylon Many people, I would imagine, would know the story of um, Daniel and the lion's den. It's the same bloke. And, and so here he is, he was praying to God, and he was praying in another nation for his nation. And as a result, God sends Gabriel down to speak to Daniel and tell him about um, the vision and stuff that he'd had. Uh, it's the very same angel. He, he stands in God's presence. You, you can just imagine, if you can... A huge throne, lots of glory. Can't really see God, but he's there. And he just leans over. Gabriel, go tell Zechariah. It's been quiet for long enough. It's time. Although Zechariah had a consequence to his unbelief, he was made dumb, he couldn't speak, God still followed through with his promise. Sometimes we have consequences, but God still follows through on his promise. How are we doing? Oh, man, time is ticking away. Uh, 20 minutes, Stu? Yeah, right. 
All right, I'm going to have to race through this. Mary. I wanted to look at Mary. And uh, continuing in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Um, Let me just read through it. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to hear... The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Uh, just a couple of points. I just wanted to look at this. One, here she is, a young woman, about to be married, and she was highly favoured by God. Uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they had found favour with God. I want to encourage this church, and this this was a bit of a, a wake-up call for me because for the last few months as a church, we've been looking for a new senior pastor. And we've, we've knocked on a few doors. Some have been slightly open and then closed. Others we've knocked on, not even opened. And it's, I've got to tell you, it's kind of been exhausting. And yet when I was reading this, it was like, Stu, don't you give up because the Lord hears our prayers. So church, we need to just keep pushing in. Because I really believe that God has got something destined for this house, Ali. I really believe that. You know, when we, when we first started, when Tim told us as a leadership that he was going to resign, but then he started talking about the different prophecies that this house has had, it's like, well, God, we want to see them fulfilled. Does anyone want to see them fulfilled? I, I believe in the promises of God. And... And for too long, I've not seen it happen. I've heard the cries. I've even cried out lots. But I've not seen it come through. And it's like, no, nah, God, not on this watch. Ah, no, we need to dig in a little deeper. Say, God, I want to see you come through. This city's about to explode that way. Well, let's see you explode with it. Let's start lifting our head a little bit and seeing what God can actually do. I think we'll be amazed. Uh, I think we'll be stunned. And I think we'll have a great sense of victory as a part of it because people are going to come to know the salvation of God. Now, does that bring a little sense of excitement to anyone? Oh, I reckon it should. Thanks, Ellie. Uh, through all this, you know, uh, Gabriel gives this promise to Mary. And Mary also questions Gabriel. But there's two different ways, you know. Zachariah questioned Gabriel, but his question was completely of unbelief. 
He's like, how can this be? (laughs) I'm well advanced and my wife, well, she's well advanced too. She's gone through that phase and it ain't going to happen. But not Mary. She was like, how can this be? Like, it was like, okay, fair enough, it's going to happen. So how can this be? Can you see a difference? Same word, how. But two different responses... Zechariah was like, I can't believe that's going to happen. How? (laughs) And Mary was like, okay, how? We need to take on like Mary here and go, okay, God, we're going into a new time as a church. How can this be? How? Our God. Show us, reveal it. We want to know. How can this be? And I love how Gabriel finishes it up. He says to her, you know, even your own cousin who's well advanced in years, she's in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Long gone are the times of having no dreams, no visions. It's time for us just to dig in, stand up and go, God, I want to start dreaming again. I want to start believing again. We don't actually need an angel visitation to come in and inspire us. Because if we just read your word and look in a little deeper, sometimes just those words, Ali, boom. Okay, God, let's go. That was a little spurt that I needed. Well, church, today's our day. We're heading into Christmas. It's an awesome time of the year. Uh, It's brilliant because we get to celebrate that our Savior came for us. But as a church, now it's time to go, yep, this is awesome. Okay, God, what do you got for us? What do you got planned? Because nothing is impossible. I want to see those impossibilities become possible with you. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25, an angel visits Joseph. Um, Verse 19, I just wanted two points here. He was a righteous man. Note that he was a righteous man. There's a common theme. It's a common theme. In verse 23, the angel actually quotes Isaiah to him. So he's quoting, this is a prophetic word and it's coming to fulfillment and you're going to see it. Next week, uh, we've got a prophet coming to our church. I really, really want to encourage you to come. You never know. God might have a word for you. But don't come because God might have a word for you. Come because I believe God has a word for our church. Come because you might be able to be a part of making the impossibility a possible. What God has got planned for Connect Church Global, Geelong. Come because of that. Come to hear what God may actually speak through a prophet to our church. You never know. God might have a word for you too. Fringe benefit. Fringe benefit. But come expecting next week, please. Finally, in Luke... uh, Chapter 2, verses 18 to 20. And I just found this the home run, to be honest. Um, I'll quickly read it. Don't tell Tim I went over 20 minutes, please. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy That will be for all the people. Today in a town of David, a saviour has been born to you. 
He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Pause. (laughs) Uh, These boys, it was the time of year that they actually took the flocks away further from the city because there was a little bit more growth further out. So they took the flocks out because they knew they'd get a good feed. But in doing that, it also produced a greater risk of losing some of their flock. Either bandits would come and steal them, or then there's predators, wolves, foxes, bears, whatever. So as a result, they kept watch. So we know that this bloke was keeping watch. And then all of a sudden, there's that word again, then, (laughs) an angel came and shone. Like it just says that God's glory filled the sky. I reckon that would have been a pretty big wake-up call to the rest of the boys. <laughs> it's like they would have heard him probably scream like a girl. <laughs> and all the boys wake up, whoa, what's the light going on right now? One angel showed up. He tells the boys, guys, your saviour's been born tonight. And this is how you'll find him. And then just as soon as the angel finishes that and the boys are standing there like, whoa, Then a multitude of angels show up. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I reckon that wasn't just a case of just having a chat. (laughs) I reckon at that moment in time, there would have been a significant amount of adrenaline pumping through their body, and they would have been fairly excited by that point in time. They'd be jumping around. Can you just believe what we just saw? Angels, man. And so then they just, like, beelined it. Don't worry about the flock, and they just beelined it straight to Bethlehem. It would have been a bit of a task, because they were out in the fields. But... They were prepared to sacrifice that and go and see what God has promised. Sometimes we need to sacrifice things. There's a common theme we picked up before. And that common theme was actually that Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, Mary and her fiancé Joseph, were righteous people. Well, church, I want you to know you are righteous today. So dig deeper into God. Choose to take time out each day in prayer, time out reading God's word. Because God hears your prayers and God wants to answer them. But just like when Zechariah was going around the altar with that incense, make your prayers just like that so they get to the very throne of God. Don't just say them just for the sake of words. But speak your prayers like you're talking to the creator of the universe who cares for you alone. And I reckon your prayers are going to have a a greater impact just because of a little attitude shift. You'll start to see things happening within your own life. You'll start to understand what God's liberty is all about. It's not just a word. uh, It's actually a reality. Finally, Mary's response to this The shepherds come racing in from their fields and they see things just as the angel told them. I reckon when they got there, they would have flipped out even more. Can you believe it? It's just like they said. Oh my goodness. We did see angels. It wasn't just, I'm not flipping out. I actually did see angels. 
they get there. And here is Mary and Joseph in a stable. But they find Jesus wrapped in the swaddling clothes. And they would have been bouncing around, jumping with joy because they've just been told, this is the Messiah. I'm a shepherd. And the angel told me I'm just a shepherd. You're not just here by accident. One of the girls shared earlier about the call of God on your life, that we can make a difference in our community. You're not just. Dot, dot, dot. You are. Dot, dot, dot. There's a significant difference just there. God chose to show himself, reveal himself through angels to shepherds. And I reckon they would have been flying high for the rest of their life. Because God showed up to me. Well, he's going to do that to you too. Just by you pressing in. Just keep pressing in. Every time these guys lead us in praise and worship, press in. Lift your hands. Make the effort. Sometimes it's tough. I know. Tiredness kicks in. Weariness of pressures. It just kicks in. And it's hard yakka. But when we press in, God sees the effort. God rewards the effort and reveals himself. Finally, Mary. Verse 19. Actually, I'll go back 18. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. (laughs) The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. But Mary treasured them up, pondered them in her heart. What could she be pondering, I wonder? Brand new mum. I'm sure there's many women here that can take themselves to that point and understand and remember what it was like when your first child was born. Some of you girls, one day, that may happen. But just to sit there and ponder, look at that and think... These boys came running in from the fields because I saw angels about this baby. Had nothing to do with Mary. Had everything to do with Jesus. She was pondering that in her heart because it was like, I'm going to see this baby grow up into a man who will redeem our world. Whoa. Sometimes in the times of each day, if you get a chance to, five minutes, if you can take five minutes aside each day and pray and ponder on the things of God. If you're already doing five minutes, go ten. If you're doing ten, go half an hour. Because I reckon that the deeper we try and dig in, and this is for Stu too, you know, the deeper we try and dig in, the more he's going to start to reveal himself And all of a sudden, the more answers and the more things that's... uh, I don't know about you, but I can see this place being quite full pretty quickly. 
the point, we may need to go multiple services, Ali. Are you up to doing a few sessions each Sunday? Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. But not just from people within our city, because Geelong's a small place, we know that. <laughs> as, as large as our city is, it's as small as it is. We don't want other Christians coming to our church. We want them to fulfill their, their role in the church that they're in now, because we want their church to grow too. But for a city of 200 plus thousand people, wouldn't it be just nice? Imagine, just imagine for a second, 5% of our city will say, imagine that. Can you imagine that? 10,000 people going to church every Sunday. 5%, that's nothing, mate. Or try and imagine 10%. Because if you can imagine 5% really easy, maybe lift up your, your vision a little bit. Let's aim for 10. Uh, let's see, 20,000 people within our community coming to understand the revelation and the real love of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, we will live in a far better place if we do. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this time that we're, we're entering. God, as uh, December starts in just a couple of days, and as Jake pointed out, there's only 25, 26 sleeps to go till... Uh, till Christmas. And it's a joyful time. Uh, Father, I just pray that as we head into this time over the next four weeks or so, as we start to hear more of you, and even for next week when, when Vicky comes and shares, God, we want to lift our vision to you. God, we want to lift our dreams to you. Because we want to see, God, you come into our town and do things. God, we're tired of not seeing things happen in our own community. We want you to radically change our world. Holy Ghost, I pray that you inspire us this week to get deeper into you, to understand you more, to speak with you, talk with you more, that you would reveal yourself to us in a greater way. God, we just want to magnify you today for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I thank you that you came and revealed yourself to us firstly through your angels and now God with your son. Lord, we grab hold of your son today. Jesus, we say we love you. We worship you. God, I pray a blessing upon every family in this church. Lord, let this day be a turning point in the life of our church as we move into greater and exciting times with you. We love you, God. You're awesome. In your precious name. You know, as uh, as Stu was just speaking, then 
you were speaking about like the plans that God has for his church and the plans that God has for people's lives. I just thought about surrender, the word surrender, and uh, what it means to surrender. And uh, as we sing, as we say that song, the the stand, the song called the stand that we do a bit. But in that chorus, I'll stand. Uh, it talks about surrendering to God, and you know when we're seeking God's will for our lives, and when we're seeking God's will for our church, you know we've got to surrender our own agendas. We've got to surrender our own wants and our own needs. And and um, yeah, I just thought about this song as a real prayer as a real this is the words that I'm speaking to you God because this is what I want I want your will done in our lives and uh, I know I ask a, a lot that church let's raise our hands before God and uh, and you, you probably wonder sometimes or some, some of you may wonder why, why do we do that like what do you want us to raise our arms for and I've got a funny sort of picture whilst you was talking about surrender and I had this vision in my head about a bank robbery. I told you it was funny. And uh, and all the cops are surrounded, cop cars everywhere, and they're like, come up, come out with your hands up. And that, and they're doing all that thing. Surrender with your hands up. You know, come out. And I was thinking, why do they get them to come out with their hands up? And it's because if they had their hands down here, they could have like a gun or something in their pocket. And they're like, all right, I'll come out, but... You guys pull a funny move. I'm going to pull my gun out of my pocket. I'm going to go ya. And uh, so I thought, we come with our hands raised so we can't pull our stuff out of our pockets. Because sometimes when we come to God, we're exposed. And uh, sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives that you know may not, you may not agree with, and it may hurt to go through it. So sometimes we like to have our hands just near our gun holsters. All right, God, if you pull a funny one that's going to hurt me, I've got a gun already. I'm going to pull on you. I'm going to throw some bad words your way. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something to hurt your back if you're going to, you know, put something that's not very nice towards me. So when we come to God, we come to God with our arms raised high. We come to God in surrender. We come up with our hands up saying, okay, God, you have it all under control. I trust you. I trust that if I walk out with my hands up, you're not going to strike me down. When I come up with my hands in surrender, you're not going to shoot me on the spot. So we come and we say, God, I surrender. I give everything to you. Your will is better than mine. I drop my agendas. I drop my my everything, my ambitions, and I just come surrender before you. So as we sing these words, can you just chuck the words up for a sec, guys? Hello, Josh? Do you want to chuck the words up to the stand, the, uh, the bridge, please, for a sec? So I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. And I think that explains it all right there. So I think right now is a really good opportunity to start this week with your arms surrendered for God in awe of the one who gave it all. Start your week off with that, and we're just going to spend a minute singing that. Connell, do you want to chuck the lights off? And uh, we'll just spend that moment, chuck your arms up, just surrender this week to God, surrender our lives to God, because His will for your life is really good. His will for your life is perfect. His will.